Welcome to Digital Soul Food. I'm your host, Jason Wallace, and I appreciate you checking out this podcast. Season two, we're going to mix it up a little bit. We got some video, we got some audio, of course, uh, but we'll see how it goes throughout the rest of the season. For this episode, I'm really happy to have Kelly Roselle back. She has this awesome platform called the Black Dollar Index. I think you want to check it out. I think you want to get to know it. So without further ado, let's go. Soul Food. I have Kelly Roselle. She's back, guys. Hey, Kel. How you doing? Hi, I'm back. So <laughs> Kelly's going to share with us her recipes that she came up with during this pandemic. Banana bread is hidden. That was the last one you talked about before. You said, hey, I'm going to make this banana bread and you, you oh, mastered shoot. it. I made mac and cheese today. Oh, okay. I made, I made some chili. I think I've mastered the chili now. Nice. No, but seriously, no, Kelly's really here because she also launched an amazing initiative called the Black Dollar Index. And I wanted to talk to her about it because it's the hottest thing out right now. And so Kelly, like, no, seriously, like everyone, every, everywhere I look, people are talking about it, people are sharing it, people are praising it. And what is, what is the Black Dollar Index? Yeah. <clears throat> so um, just to start, the Black Dollar Index is an accountability tool. It is a consumer advocacy platform that rates major corporations from zero to 100 across critical factors based on their commitments to Black America. So it really is um, a platform that sits at the intersection of economic and racial justice. And, and the goal of this is racial equity in America. Um, and the idea came about um, really out of, it, it came out of the pandemic and it came out of uh, social uprisings from the deaths of George Floyd. And this particular week, um, the week of May 25th, um, George Floyd was murdered by the police. And it was really heavy for us as a friend group. And um, I think it was a really dope moment where we were all able to be really vulnerable and emotional and um, talk about how we were feeling. And so that was that was like week one. And then there was almost like this like call to action where it's like, well, let's come back week two and continue the conversation. And let's talk about solutions next week. And um, so that week came and, you know, we had people that were talking about going out on the street and protesting um, in the middle of a pandemic, which was really dope to see like how passionate, um, you know, those people were on the streets, the activists that, you know, we're out there days upon days. Uh, we had people that, you know, have been trying to organize um, black owned and, and um, operated just really pushing those businesses forward and saying we need to buy black. And, uh, you know, just thinking about my experience and, um, you know, the way that I kind of like approached it was a very um, corporate, <laughs> Uh, a corporate angle and a very marketing focused angle. And I thought about uh, American Express and Ken Chenault being a former CEO and one of the few black fortune 500 CEOs. And it really made me go down a rabbit hole and think about what other companies have that kind of representation at that high level of leadership. And then from there, it was like, well, 
what do they look like at other levels throughout the company? You know, how are Black people supported in corporate America and how does that extend into other, you know, areas, whether it's brick and mortar stores or, you know, we know how much corporate America influences politics and government. So I started digging. I literally was going to create a spreadsheet and just input the data, try to come up with a little formula, come up with a number and put it out on the internet and see what happened. And uh, I came back the next week, like, guys, I have this idea. Who wants to help? couple people raised their hands, formed a group of nine people. Some of us know each other in real life. Some of us have only met on Zoom, which is awesome. And we're all family at this point. Um, and from there, we, we built out a whole platform from scratch, from the data, the branding, the methodology, um, the website. We, um, you know, we, we launched a whole, a whole fully baked product. No, and that's amazing. It is. And I, I, you know, full disclosure, I was in those Zooms. Um, you didn't volunteer. You didn't raise your hands. I didn't. And I knew that you were doing something good because when we looked at that time, we saw so many companies, you know, say, hey, yes, you know, I want to do something for the Black community. I want to donate X amount of dollars. I want to create this grant or I want to, you know, we're going to change the NFL. We're going to have, you know, have lift every voice and sing be played before the national anthem. We're all going to take a knee. So many things that are performative. And so, you know, when you start to talk about, hey, I'm creating this, this spreadsheet initially, how do we, you know, in a way to hold these companies accountable? Because that's what was needed, right? We didn't, we can, we've, we've been, it's Black History Month. Every Black History Month, everyone turns all their avatars, red, black, and green. You know, there's some kind of, you know, if they're not having done anything for Black people throughout the whole year, you can count and guarantee that Black History Month in February, there's some kind of rollout. And so what you're doing is awesome because now it shows from a, from a corporate perspective, like you said, what's going on within that company and how are they coming to those decisions? You know, and, you know, what, who's authentic and who's not? Uh, so. Can, give, can you give me an example of a company that's doing really well that off the top of your head? Yeah. Um, I mean, well, UPS is at the top of the list. Out of 100, they're scored 92, wow. which we consider to be great. Um, that's the one company that is uh, ranked in that, that level. And um, it's really cool when you see um, the score and the action of the company really align. So for instance, um, I think this Black History Month, UPS is featuring uh, commercials that focus on Black-owned small businesses. So, you know, I saw a tweet where a girl said, like, I love to see that UPS has a 92 on the Black Dollar Index and is also focused on supporting Black-owned black businesses. And, you know, my response on Twitter was like, don't you just love it when it all aligns? Like when the math is mathing, like, you know, to see a company like that. And I have a family member who works for UPS um, in Memphis, actually, where FedEx, where, you know, the headquarters of FedEx is. And I told him about the index and that UPS was at the top. And he was like, that's not surprising. Every time I look around, there's a black manager, there's a regional manager that's black, there's leadership everywhere that looks like me. So to hear from customers and from employees that, you know, can get behind and be proud of UPS and proud of the fact that they made the decision to, to 
support and and um you know spend their money with ups i think it's just like it's really dope to see absolutely okay and, and on the other side of the spectrum on the end of the, end of the spectrum gives the company that is not doing so well okay so there's a few um originally there was a few zeros and i know we we kind of went out strong with a couple of zeros one that hurts a lot of people's feelings um being trader joe's <gasps> trader um, joe's got a zero trader joe's was at a zero however wow. what i will say and i don't know how much this changes things trader joe's did announce on december 31st on new year's they quietly announced that they were hiring a dni director and they started a fund a scholarship for their black crew members um of five hundred thousand dollars a year and not specifically a supplier diversity program, but they were adding um, a certain percent of black products to their tasting table. So I don't know what that means, but if I, you know, if, if we re redo the score and we give them a DNI initiative because they, they put a person in place, and if we give them a significant initiative because they put the scholarship in place, um, they're at a nine now. Wow. I mean, it's better than zero, but still, that's terrible. Uh, so yeah. how, how'd you come up with the score? Like, what's what's the score basis based on? Um, the score, so is nine critical factors on the quantitative side, which we've weighted at 80% of the score, because really, we feel like this is, you know, if you can get the right people internally in the company, these are the decision makers that will start to affect the qualitative side. So 80% of the score is quantitative. We're looking at uh, what the entire U.S. workforce representation looks like. So how many Black people are on the entire company's U.S. workforce? Um, how many are on the corporate leadership team? How many are on the senior or executive level that sits underneath that corporate leadership team? What does the board of directors look like? And what does the CEO look like, Black or white, or Black or not? Which most, um, most of the CEOs on the Fortune 1000 list are not Black. But there are a few, which is really exciting. There's one, there's one new one coming, but unfortunately there's one leaving as well. Um, so, and then on the qualitative side, that's 20% of the score. Parts of that feel a little bit more subjective, but again, all of this data is public information. The consumer should be able to Google it and find it either on the company's website when it comes to the workforce data, or they should be able to Google uh, neg negative racially biased claims um, significant initiatives that these companies are participating in, whether it's giving dollars to organizations or implementing programs for the Black community. Um, supplier diversity, which again, when we talk about Black-owned and, and operated and Black entrepreneurship, uh, supplier diversity programs intentionally identify uh, Black contractors and give contracts. So as it, we do look at that as a means to Black entrepreneurship. And then do they have a diversity and inclusion initiative in place? So when you put that all together, that 80 and that 20, um, you get the Black Dollar Index rating. Nice. Uh, what, so what's your, what's your background? Like, how do you, how'd you come about putting this all together? Because when I look at this Black Dollar Index, um, I see the DNI, which is people-driven HR, and then I also see like the analytical side of it, quantitative side. So, like, what was your overall approach to you know which? What was your approach to to creating this Black Dollar Index? Yeah. 
So I'm not a DNI expert by any means. Um, historically, you know, I wouldn't even identify myself as an activist. I'm socially conscious about issues going on, and I definitely evangelize for um, underrepresented voices. But um, you know, I haven't been doing this work, you know, as other people have for years. And then I'm also not an analytics or research person. I am a marketer. I'm a consumer marketer. I really went into this, um, approaching it from a marketing perspective, from a data perspective, marketing machine, like every single company has a profile and that profile has shareable assets. So I really wanted to create something that, um, you know, that consumers could really like evangelize around and kind of push again early on, then I thought that this could be the best way to really like try to affect change. Like having the data helpful, you know, to you know, we do, you know, we talk about our buying power and how we want to be at the table, but, you know, we see so many times when there are companies that, you know, do terrible marketing and, you know, they don't understand us as consumers. Here's a good indication of why they don't, because they don't have any of us at the table or there's not enough of us at the table. Um, yeah. So in your research, what, which company surprised you most? When you saw there, when you got all the data and you figured out, you got to rating, you were like, "Oh wow, I didn't, I didn't think you well, could be that guy." I mean, seeing a zero was uh, was pretty pretty interesting, but there were companies. To be honest, I kind of geeked out over the data. Like when you, there's so many out of 105 companies, there's only 14 that are actually black dollar approved. Um, so you get to a point where there's a lot of zeros and there's a lot of no information available. So I think, you know, because there was no rhyme or reason of what order we were doing, you know, the, the rating, every once in a while, it'd be like zero, 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 meaning like they're not transparent. So their mm -hmm. scores were generally low. And then we would hit a company like Allstate. And it was like, Allstate is, you know, Allstate is right under uh, UPS. Uh, AT&T, I think, was really exciting to find out things like they committed $3.1 billion to Black supplier diversity. There was not one other company on, on the list that was that intentional, nor had any numbers that reached that, that level. Um, so I, that, that was super exciting. Um, you know, Chevron. Chevron is not yet approved. However, you know, for an industry where you wouldn't, you know, expect them to be that progressive, to see them be so transparent about their data to, to a point where it's like, okay, you know that they're thinking about these things. I think that was really exciting to see like some companies like that. And, uh, you know, certain industries are way more progressive than others. Um, some, they appear to be super progressive and they are because they're technology, but when it comes to diversity, they're not progressive. Uh, so there was a lot, there was a lot of different, there's a lot of storytelling here actually. And, and I'm excited to really get into it, um, through our social channels and, and, and talking to, to, uh, people like you. Yeah, no, and that's, I think, and, and there is absolutely that storytelling piece of it, right? Cause you know, as I've, I follow you on Instagram and I see some of the ratings, I'm like, okay, wow. Okay. This is interesting. Okay, cool. And, you know, it's kind of like, what's the next one like obviously i can go to the website and i can like scan them all yeah. but there is that fun element of okay who's who's dropping today 
Yeah, like, Uno. Today, today was Uno, and um, you know, it's it's a it's a black game night staple. Right. It's a it's a family night staple. It's you know, it's it's a game that we all love, and you know, Uno knows that we that we love them. So when we tweet about things, and then they drop you know a new rule on us, like that just we're not so going to you know, use. You, right, right. That we're not going to use. But so yeah, today I kind of dropped that, you know, Mattel was a 40 out of 100. And, um, you know, part of that is a lack of transparency. A lot of this is a lack of transparency. And that's the first step to holding them accountable. So it's not that that it'll it actually turns out that these companies are, you know, horrible companies. It's just they're not transparent. So hoping that this can push for that transparency. But yeah, so Uno was today's storytelling. Um, I don't know. There's a lot of different stories. I can't wait to really put a highlight on the sneaker industry. Um, you know, when you look at Nike versus Adidas, um, there are huge differences uh, between the number one and one number two shareholder. Uh, so there's, um, you know, Under Armour is another one that I didn't know actually had that strong of black representation across their their company and and another thing to note is like just because there's rep representation we haven't even begun to uh, like scratch beyond the surface of sentiment and all the nuance that comes with representation and right. that's really a goal that we want to get into as we're able to get more resources and funding so we can dig into things like intersectionality and uh and employee sentiment and find out like what the real deal is and come back with an even more accurate score right um i saw hakeem jeffries uh, he's taking an interest he seems to like the score were you, were you able to speak to him yet or get in touch with yeah yeah, I'm a part of um, a group of his constituents that um, we've met a couple times to really talk about his uh, his racial housing and economic justice agendas and what, you know, he can take to President Biden's desk um, for the first hundred days, the first, um, you know, the first year and the first term. So, you know, I think, again, this sits at that intersection of racial and economic justice. And I think it's probably best to approach it from an economic justice perspective. I think that it's, it's quicker and easier to get things passed through. So like one of the things I presented to him and we're doing breakout groups to, to really focus on, you know, economic or racial or housing justice. But um, the, the one thing I really wanna focus on with that is I would love to push policy through with the EEOC to force publicly held companies to be more transparent or to be transparent about their workforce and really standardize that data. And I'm not the only one out there who thinks like that. So I think if we can kind of like come together and really try to push that through, um, that could be great. And the Congressman, you know, seems to think that, you know, that might be something that is sooner rather than later, but you know, who knows? Um, so I'm really excited to stay on his team of constituents that's trying to make a difference, not only for Brooklyn and Queens, but that will help everybody in the country. Yeah. And that makes a lot of sense. Um, when you think about like, you know, we've, we've all been going crazy all over Wall Street and stock, stock markets, but, you know, there's a lot of transparency that's built into what they do. And so from, so companies already have 
the mechanisms to be transparent because they're reporting the earnings, they're reporting to the shareholders already, they're reporting to the SEC, you know, they've, they can do that. And so why can't they be transparent when it comes to, you know, who's, who they hire? And, and to an extent they do because they got to say, like, here's our CEO, here's our board, here, yeah. are, here are our top executives. So it's definitely possible, um, definitely doable. And yeah, I think the EOC would be a, a good place to start. Um, a question I had as I was thinking about it was, um, where do you see, who do you see, who do you think you'll be able to partner with across industry? Like, are there any companies where you're like, hey, no, I'll read, I'll read that. Right I mean, now. I want to, I think, I think the lowest hanging fruit is the companies that are actually doing well. I think there's so many opportunities for them to really, um, to tout, you know, their achievement and the fact that they can be trusted by the black community. So, you know, the same way that free trade has, you know, an accreditation and better business bureau has an accreditation. I think, you know, the long-term goal is that the black dollar index will be a form of accreditation for these companies with the black community. So when, you know, whatever company goes out and they do that, that campaign, you know, whether it's pandering or you know, whether it's authentic, because at the end of it, it will have a mark that shows that it's black dollar approved, or, you know, they might put it on packaging for a product that states they're black dollar approved the same way something is kosher or gluten-free. Like, you know, I think that there's a lot of ways these companies that are approved can work with us. And even the ones that aren't, I think, um, you know, we can really help them get to where they want to be. So it's not, you know, we're not saying you're canceled. Like when, when we posted about Uno and Mattel, it was literally out of like love. Like, look, we love you. Our community loves you and we want you to be better. So how can we work together? Um, so I think that there's a lot of opportunities with, with any of the companies on the list that, that want to be better or are doing the right thing. Um, to to partner. Has, has any of those companies reached out to you? Um, today, we actually, um, I, I heard something from, I can't say who it was, but I've, I'm starting to get little pings here and there from people that have been seeing the content. And uh, today I was told that uh, something made it to corporate um, and uh, they asked for my information so we can have a more formal conversation. So that was super exciting. Um, I saw on LinkedIn, I got some support um, that that garnered some uh, some engagement from some CEOs at, you know, within some of these subsidiaries of these major companies, um, high level EVPs at some of these companies. We're definitely on radars. Uh, so, you know, not everybody is kind of rushing. I'm sure if it's on a corporate radar, there's probably some internal discussions that are happening. Uh, and hopefully we'll see more people reaching out soon. So as of now, I've had a couple of conversations pre-launch um, with some DNI people. And it's just so early, like these, these are new roles for a lot of these people. There's a lot of groundwork that needs to be made before they can even start to engage. Um, but so between that and, you know, some of the encouraging stuff that's happened this last week, I think it'll be soon. Yeah. I think the, to me, the most important aspect is the supplier aspect, because, you know, we talk about growing small businesses and growing, you know, small black businesses and, and to be put into that supplier chain, to be, you know, a Nike supplier, a Facebook supplier, 
you know, even like the U.S. government to be a supplier, like you're getting those yep. contracts, you know, you're, you're going to do pretty well. And so and you're in there, once you're yeah. in there, like, you know, they usually keep them for several years because they, you know, they build trust. Right. So, yeah. So I think that's going to be the most important. I think that's going to be one of the key factors. And I think that's going to also push the industries to start looking at those, those smaller companies and those suppliers to diversify their supply chain. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, it's one of the things that we really prioritized, um, you know, when looking at the score, you, to be honest, supplier diversity wasn't on my radar when I started. That's how you know, I'm not a DNI person. Um, I kept seeing it come up over and over either on a DNI section of the site, or, you know, I was digging so deep into these corporate, corporate social responsibility reports that I was like, supplier diversity, you know, if I'm typing diversity and supplier diversity comes up and I saw it enough and I was like, all right, that's clearly something we need to factor in. Um, and it's a huge deal. I mean, the, now that I'm now that I'm aware, it's like I can't unsee it and I hear it being talked about so much. So I'm, I'm really glad that I was, you know, able to get in that deep into the information to recognize that. But um, absolutely. And like when we talk about supplier diversity, that looks a lot of different ways. That looks like, you know, the person who provides office supplies that looks like the person who has an invention that's a part of your technology that looks like a product that's actually sitting on a shelf in target so you know it's it's more than one thing so there's clearly a lot of opportunity out there for for um black owned business owners to to um, get into these companies and you have um initiatives like the 15 percent pledge that are you know have been out there you know i've seen them for, for the last several months, really pushing to get 15% of any like retailers um, product, like shelf space dedicated to black suppliers. So the work is being done out there. Yeah. Have any of those other organizations reached out to you? Um, I actually have been reaching out, trying to connect. So there are some conversations that are happening. Nothing I can speak on now, but um, but they're on my radar. So hoping to make something happen there soon. Well, I know you're definitely on everyone else's radar because again, this is this is this is monumental. We're still the we're still the little guy compared to a lot of them, you know. And I just really hope that um, our collective experience, the the group that put this together. Uh, you know, we we can kind of um, we can kind of sell it through. You know, just knowing that we've built really strong relationships and have collectively, you know, tons of years of this corporate experience. So hopefully, you know, that will be reason enough for these people to take us serious and then see the product that we've created and know that um, we're just as dedicated as they are. Well, our friend Jeff would say, "Don't play yourself small." Like. No, we're not playing small this year. We're not playing small. We're playing small, man. You you guys have done something. We, we know what we amazing. have. We just need to show everybody else and get everybody else on board and, and, and buy in. So so where can we find the black index? The black dollar index, I'm sorry. Where can you find um, the black dollar index? At blackdollarindex.com. Okay. Or on social. We're at black dollar index on Instagram. Uh, on Twitter, we're Black Dollar Index, but it's I-N-D-X. Couldn't get, you know, not enough, couldn't do the full characters. Uh, Facebook, Black Dollar Index. And if you're on LinkedIn and want to connect from a professional perspective, we're at the Black Dollar Initiative. 
Got it. Kelly, appreciate you coming on again. Uh, definitely got to get over there to get some of this banana bread one of these days. <laughs> and um, again, like everyone, again, check her out. Go to theblackdollarindex.com and you know go through the site because it's amazing. So yes, use it for your next uh, your next purchase. Absolutely. All right. Thanks, Kelly. Thank you. Yo, I'm so glad Kelly came through. I think it was a great conversation. You know, the Black Down Index is needed. You know, Black History Month, all we hear is black, 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 black. But for the rest of the year, what's going on? And I think this platform is really going to hold companies accountable. I think as more information comes in, as they get more data points, as they engage with more companies, and as more people reach out to them and have those conversations, the Black Dollar Index is only going to grow. So thank you, Kelly, for starting this platform. Thank you to the, the rest of the crew for putting in the work and building it out for, with her. You know, I'm looking forward to seeing what you guys do. Thank you for joining me today. Great episode. Please like, please share, please subscribe. Tell your friends that Digital Soul Food is the podcast that you love listening to and watch while you're having coffee, while you're commuting on a train, while you're at work. Until next time, peace. Thank mm-hmm. you.